This is The Marketing Workshop, Episode 2. Today we're talking with Nikki Bonsol from NikkiBonsol.com. She's a website and branding expert, and she's going to talk to us all about creating what's called a strong brand and creating a brand that is aligned with your life. All right, let's dive in. You're listening to The Marketing Workshop with John Clark. Grow your audience. Serve the world. All right, Nikki, I am so excited to have you on the show, and I know our listeners are as well. Um, Thanks for being here, and uh, how's it going today? Yeah, it's going great. The sun is out. All the fireworks have stopped. <laughs> it was the 4th of July yesterday for people yeah. that are going to listen to this yeah, some yeah. other time. <laughs> that could be but a yeah. little confusing. What, um, you are in the Bay Area. Tell tell us where uh, where you're located. I'm in Oakland, and I've lived here in the Bay, just bouncing around from city to city since like 2001. Gotcha. Yeah. What what has been uh, your favorite place to live? Oh, Oakland for sure. Yeah. What what do you like about it? Um, it's really diverse. There's like all different kinds of people, ages, genders, races, families. I mean, other. I guess there's always lots of different kind of gendered people sure. around. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's really diverse. And the when we moved uh, here onto our street. Uh, neighbors were walking by with their dogs and they'd be like, hi, you look like you're moving in. Uh, do you know where to go grocery shopping and stuff like that? Um, whereas where I've lived before, both in, well, yeah, San Francisco was a little more neighborhoody, but in San Mateo, it was like, nobody talked to anybody down there. That's interesting, isn't, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I've lived in both Oakland and San Mateo. And San Carlos mm-hmm. and San Francisco, believe oh, it or wow. not, uh, I moved a lot when I was when I first got out there to the Bay Area. In part because yeah. housing is so tricky. Yeah, there. me so too. I was just moving around in part not by my own will, but out of necessity. Chasing, chasing rent, <laughs> chasing rent, and getting chased out um, yeah. or priced out. When I, I lived in Montclair in Oakland, my very first housing in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. even though I was working in the mission in San Francisco. And in Montclair, I lived in a little, um, it was about a six by 10 uh, uninsulated shack. It was like a tool shed. And oh, wow. I think I paid um, like six fifty for that. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I had to put on my <laughs> shoes and walk to the house, which was like, you know, 30 yards away in the middle of the woods. Um, wow. And so it was basically like camping. So I would just show up um probably looking kind of haggard some days to, to my job in the city, but it was always such a contrast of being tucked away in the woods and then waking up and driving into, uh, yeah, into San into Francisco, the into the wow. urban urbanness of it all. But, um, but I love Oakland as well. And I, I miss, miss living there. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I love about it, you, you mentioned the woods is the woods. Yeah. Like we oh, just yeah. drive up the street from where I am and there's huge redwood trees and, on some days, it's kind of amazing how ver- how few people are up in there walking around in the parks. Sure. I mean, some days there's lots of people, but yeah. Well, they're probably just... all at work. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they're working too, working <laughs> yeah. too hard and um, riding riding the tech shuttles. Um, That's right. And yeah. yeah. The Bay Area is such an interesting place to live. There's uh, one of my buddies there told me when I first moved there that the Bay Area is all about options, which I think reflects pretty well. And uh, 
even the option between San Mateo and Oakland is, uh, you know, just very different options depending on what mm-hmm. you're looking for. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's dive in. Um, you, um, I, I'm not sure how I got connected with you. I'm sure it was someone or something on Facebook, but I, I came to your website, nikkibonsol.com and was so impressed, so blown away by the work that you do. And, okay. um, and, and I've just been kind of following you since then. I, um, I signed up for your, your course, which was about branding, right? About your, I, mean, I think you signed up for my about page course. That's right, the about page. Yeah, which course, is yeah, which is about branding. Which was really solid, writing. and I know that was that was a free resource, um, and that so that got me started with some of your um, your your services there. But tell us about um, what you do and how you got started uh, down this path. Yeah, well, so what I do, uh, I work with therapists and other healers to. Um, to help them get excited about who they are, what they stand for, and uh, what they have to offer people, so that they're, you know, really excited about marketing themselves. So um, the way that I do that is by uh, helping people create a website that they're really excited to share with folks. Um, and the way that I got started, well, I was. Um, I think most people don't know that I started my own entrepreneurial journey as a singer-songwriter. But no, then I, I didn't know that. Yeah, and fear <laughs> got in the way, and so I built a whole other business <laughs> <laughs> to avoid that. <laughs> yep, I get it. But um, but anyway, I was working at a, a family services nonprofit here in the Bay. Uh, did you ever work for Edgewood? John's I, I did work for Edgewood for about two and a half years, and I also worked for Seneca for a long time. Oh wow! Where, yeah. Which um, which Edgewood did you work in for? In San Francisco on Vicente. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, I worked in uh in San Mateo at, at the community base. That's service. a really small world. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Well, yeah. so I was working there, um, and I loved the work, but I did not care for the bureaucracy and politics of working sure, for a larger fair. organization. Um. And I wanted more freedom. And I never thought that I'd start my own business. And everyone I went to college with, um, I went to Stanford for college, and everyone and their mother wanted to start a company. Like that was the thing. Sure, sure. That's the <laughs> and thing. And I was to like, do. no, that's just, that sounds way too stressful. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, and then you started your own company. Yeah, I guess <laughs> eight years the in the real working it. world yeah. <laughs> can do that to yeah. you. <laughs> Um, so you had but, that agency experience and yeah. you got kind of, um, tired of working in this bureaucracy and in this system mm-hmm. that, that needs, needed some improvements. Um, yeah. and then you somehow ended up here. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I left, uh, to be an independent creative, a songwriter and a musician. And I'd, I'd saved up about $25,000 over my time at, at working there to, so that I could just like leave and write and make music and, you know, uh, be able to sustain myself for like a year without having to Mm -hmm. worry about making an income right away. Um, and I thought, you know, as soon as I had nothing, no other person to report to or no job to report to that all this creative work would just start happening. But it turns out that's not how creativity works. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you needed to build an audience first. Yeah, I needed to build an audience. Oh, I needed to get past myself 
Yeah. Because yeah. I was like scared. Yeah. Um, and so I was watching my sa- uh, savings decrease. Um, and even though I'd saved it specifically to spend, I was going crazy and I was like, I need okay. to make money. So say, I say started more about that fear and how you yeah. worked through it. Um, Hmm. Well, I, so with songwriting, I'm, I've worked through it by starting this other business, mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> but with, um, but with this business, uh, I worked through it by, well, I mean, I, I had that fear. I hired a coach mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. to help me actually do stuff, um, to, to follow through on what I said I wanted to do. Sure. Um, and investing thousands of dollars in in that yeah. got me to take action, and slowly over time, taking action helped me. So that that says a lot, right afraid. there. That you put uh, you placed a bit of a bet on yourself and on making this business work, right? You put some money into it. You had some coaching, and because despite your fear, you believed that you had something to offer that was worthwhile. And that it was going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Underneath all of that, underneath yeah. all of the, you suck. you like, <laughs> why do you, why would anybody pay you to do anything when right. there are so many other better people out there that right. have like already established their businesses? There was still that belief. Um, yeah. And, and kind of that hunger for like, I can't, I don't want to live another way. Sure. This way is hard, but sure. I, I, I want to live this way we're really good at comparing ourselves upwards, right? Yeah. There's always someone doing more, succeeding more. There's a therapist who's busier or, you know, a lot of times in my case, there's a, ther- there's a consultant out there who's better and infinitely better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't turn the other direction and go, you know what? I'm already doing more than a lot of people and I should feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Yeah. We're always focused on the, on the negative and instead of like, instead of what, what can support us. It's so weird. But you stuck with it. Um, but I stuck with it. Yeah. And having a coach really helped because she could talk me through the, through the scripts and just help me take action. Um, and what else really helped was meeting uh, Kelly Higdon from mm-hmm. Kelly and Miranda. Yep. She, she's and, one of the people I compare myself to and feel, <laughs> feel terrible. <laughs> Um, she's, they're amazing. I've, I've I've heard of her. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She's fit. They're fantastic. They're yeah. Yeah. So you you met Kelly. So I met Kelly. We were, we both took this, um, course online course called B school by Marie Forleo. Mm -hmm. So we met in there. Sure. Um, and so, yeah. So while I was struggling with just being a songwriter, I was like, okay, I have to make money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start uh, copywriting because uh, I used to do freelance for some clients back when I was working at a non at the nonprofit. Sure. Um, so my old clients referred me to a bunch of people, mostly real estate agents. Um, but my heart wasn't in writing about real estate. Sure. And it ended up not being good for my clients as much as it wasn't good for me. Um, and that's about the time that I met Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another another therapist and consultant whose name is Carrie Nola. Do you know her too? I don't. I don't know her. Yeah. Well, she's uh, 
uh, I think she's switched her focus now. I okay. think she mostly works with, um, uh, well, she works with therapists, but, and, and more general healers. Sure. Yeah. So, so you, you know, started down this path of working with therapists in particular, and what was it about working with people like us that, that appealed to you? Well, one, I'd been doing it for like eight years, so mm-hmm. I, I knew what it was. Sure. What was important to people and uh, the language and both in my position, you know, was able to translate, um, like be able to translate that, that therapeutic language mm-hmm. into real people language because yeah. we worked with um, transitional aged youth, so like mm-hmm. 16 to 25 year olds who had been in the system a long time. And so they were very sensitive to being therapized. <laughs> yes. You have to kind of go in the back door with them and find yeah. a way to do it where they don't realize they're being therapized. I, yeah. I know precisely what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I, I had that, um, I guess I had that strength already, but also I loved my work mm. um, and found it meaningful Um, and, you know, could put my heart into, uh, connecting with somebody who was in that field and, um, being able to speak to the people that they were, um, helping the clients that they wanted to attract. So that's, it's so, it's so important that we believe in what we're doing, um, both as a therapist that you believe in what you're offering, that therapy is worthwhile. It's going to help that I'm that I, I believe that I can believe that I'm a great therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds really simple, but a lot of therapists need help getting to that point yeah. or even reconnecting with why you're doing this in the first place. Right. So I, but I yeah. like that you, you really connected with, um, with therapists in particular and, and having, just having a purpose behind doing this work. Um, that, yeah. yeah that, well, that says a lot. Well, and, and my work, on the surface is like doing websites and helping people write copy. But I think the real foundational piece of that is helping people really believe in, in what they have to offer so Mm. that they're, uh, you know, they can, they can share about it. They can promote themselves without hesitation or without as much, as much hesitation. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. You're still going to have some, right. And that's okay. Walk us through how you do that. How you, how you help therapists through that. Yeah. Well, okay. So, um, when people talk about branding, uh, a lot of times people are thinking about the logo, what your website looks like, colors, fonts, et cetera. Um, but branding is a lot more than that. So the colors and the fonts and your logo, I call that the visual branding piece. Sure. Um, But uh, when I'm working with folks, we get started with that more general branding piece. So um, uh, if you have a strong brand, Mm -hmm. um, I think of it as, um, I think of branding in a a couple of dimensions. So Mm -hmm. if you have a uh, a strong brand, and second, if you have a brand that's aligned with what you really want to do for your life and your business. Okay. So, um, so having a strong brand means that you're known for something. You're able to tell someone about yourself clearly. Uh, other people like could recall you in an instant if they're like trying to think of uh, your particular niche or approach. 
um, people are like drawn to you for what, what you're known for. They have an urge to talk about you. Mm. Um, and you could have a strong brand as, as someone or something that you want to be known for. Like if you're a therapist who does amazing work with teens and your clients are going home and exhibiting real change and their parents rave about you and your colleagues and past clients are excited to refer you when somebody comes along looking for a therapist for their 13 year old. Mm -hmm. So that's like a strong brand for something you want to be known for, or you could have a strong brand for something that you really don't want to be known for. Like if somebody was really unethical and sold their clients information to like, I don't know, Google or something and they found, they got found out and newspapers all over the country are like doing exposés and so you People can have know a their real name. negative. Yeah, uh, you can have a negative strong brand. A strong brand. Okay. People know about you. They're like gossiping about okay. you. They're sharing your name, but it's like not good for business. <laughs> if you're working with those therapists, you have your work cut out for you then, because you really. Yeah, usually that's yeah. not the case. <laughs> but there's there's some saying like it takes I don't know years to build a reputation and only like a, a moment to destroy it or something. I might've heard that on like a TV show recently, but I was like, damn, that's, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's a good, I mean, for, I think for, for folks that are like teetering on the, should I be like, I think most ethical therapists like can't destroy their brand. Yeah, They're not going to, yeah, we get into this work to help people and are generally operate from good principles. Um, Yeah. What, how do you, you know, how do you get therapists starting to envision their brand if they're just coming to you really kind of blank slate? Like, I don't know. I just work with adults and children and teenagers and families and couples. And I do work with anxiety and Mm -hmm. depression and they're just kind of all over the place. How do you start Mm -hmm. to draw that, that out of them, draw, draw out their brand? Yeah. Well, um, so some people are like true generalists at heart. So they have, they do serve, um, Everybody, you know, a, yeah. a wide range. They'll 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 take anybody. Does it make it um, harder to to brand those people? Um, not not really, uh, because then we go in from okay, well, you serve you love serving a variety of people in your practice. That's great, mm-hmm. but I'm sure you have an approach and you have a way that um, uh, a lot of people. Like you, you have a way that a lot of people feel about working with you. Sure. Um, what is that? What are what are people uh, saying to their to their spouses when they come home gotcha. about you? What mm-hmm. are what are your colleagues saying about you when they refer um, when they refer clients to you? And um, then that's where we that's where we start. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's with people who are in, who have a very specific niche too. So, so there's niching that's choosing the, if you want to serve a particular audience Mm -hmm. of people, particular segment of people. Uh, and then with, uh, around that, uh, you build a, a brand, uh, of what you're known for as well. So that can be, I guess, in the Venn diagram, they over, yeah, they over a little bit. Well, I, you know, I see, um, when developing your specialty, um, 
it can be a number of different things. Um, some folks choose to focus on a population, like a group, like uh, let's say if you're an eating disorder specialist or you just mm-hmm. do teen therapy, um, that might be the, the group that you work with. And then other folks um, are focused on their part of their brand is really the kind of therapy they offer, like mindfulness yeah. based or, uh, you know, in my case, I do a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy. So that might be part of kind of the brand. Do you, um, how do you navigate that between focusing on population versus um, approach mm. versus the actual person? Or do you just kind of try to brand the person um, themselves? Um, when we do an exploration, I ask people what, uh, what their clients, what new clients call in asking for. Okay. Um, that's one of the things. And if, uh, well, well, we approach it from a, from a bunch of different angles. One, like listening to the outside world, like what are new clients calling in for? Um, what, what are clients saying about you? All that stuff. And then, um, checking in with what you want to be known for yourself and finding, finding the overlap in that. So for, um, for a therapist, uh, maybe their clients are calling in for, um, uh, for a particular modality. Mm -hmm. Um, but the therapist like, and that's because they're, they've listed themselves on, um, like a particular site or sure. they've they, on psych today, you know, they've listed that modality like right at the top. Um, but the therapist is like, well, that's not, that's not what I want to be known for. Like I want to be known as X, Y, Z, then we'll, we'll take what they have and, um, and then, uh, refocus it so that, uh, both those things are, uh, are easily gotcha. findable on their website. I see. So, so you yeah. really bring it back to what what does a therapist want to be known for? Mm-hmm. Um, how, yeah. yeah. Well, it's both of those. I think mm-hmm. most importantly, what you want to be known for, what what you're excited about about your practice. Because mm-hmm. if you're not, as we said before, if you're not bought into it, if you don't believe in it, if you don't have that fire mm-hmm. that you need to to talk about your work and grow your. Uh, yeah, grow your business. Sure. Then, then you're not going to grow your business. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Good point. That's logical. Um, so you, then, you really help with some of that coaching yeah. then, um, and some of the envisioning process uh, as kind of a, a prerequisite to starting to create the brand and then the visual brand. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of a lot of the therapists I work with already have that vision, but they haven't um, they haven't been brave enough to enact it or, yeah. or like share it with anyone. Sure. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe they've, a lot of people actually have just started working with some coaches in the field. So mm-hmm. if it was you or, you know, other, other people in, in sure. the sphere, um, so they're just starting to, to believe in themselves and then they want the, their online presence to reflect that gotcha. and I'll be in alignment as well. Yeah. Awesome. You, you mentioned that you you focus first on um, before you get into uh, building a visual brand, mm-hmm. you focus on these more basic ideas of, of the brand, maybe just in being able to describe in, in words what the mm-hmm. brand is and who you are mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. tell us more about that process. And how do you and then when do you transition into the visual branding part? Yeah. So when I work with clients, I always start out by sending them a questionnaire 
And um, it asks some questions like, what do you want to be known for? Um, who are your, who are the clients that you serve now? Um, and who are your favorite clients and that you're kind of afraid about only serving? Sure, uh, sure. What are, and then ask, ask about like all the things that they come to you mm-hmm. um, asking for, wanting. Um, and then uh, it asks, yeah, it asks what you want to be known for. Uh, and then ask some like funny things like if you, if you could meet your client at a restaurant, most therapists can't, (laughs) (laughs) but if you could, uh, what would the restaurant be that would be in alignment with like how you want people to feel when they're working with you? Right. Um, if you had a soundtrack. Interesting question. I'm trying to think of it for myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine would probably be um, Dave and Buster's. Do you know what Dave and Buster's really? is? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. And if there's no Dave and Buster's, I'd probably say like a Chuck E. Cheese, even though I don't work with kids, which That's would so be kind of problematic. But um, I have a real guilty <laughs> pleasure for Dave and Buster's. <laughs> if you don't know, it's a it's basically the adult version of Chuck E. Cheese, um, yeah. where you play video games and there's beer is an option. Um, yeah. And you can save up your tickets and buy things like you can get like a travel mug or a shot glass or something and what does that say about your work um that i like to party i guess (laughs) (laughs) no i don't know i like to have fun and i like to do activities and i'm I'm, uh there's something about that that appeals to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's cool um that's yeah i don't know what you would do with that if i was your client but I'd be really interested to see where we take that. I also work with a lot of people in their 20s and young professionals who Mm -hmm. um, need to have more fun in their lives anyway. So maybe that's also, it's an excuse for me to hypothetically play video games with my clients. Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) So you must get all sorts of different answers from this. Um, And do any of them stand out to you in terms of like interesting restaurants or you know what that one that one is the the most that's like the outlier (laughs) most of them are like um are like like really healthy uh places (laughs) like a juice bar like a salad salad Um, place yeah the opposite of dave and buster's yeah every cheesy fries and beer (laughs) that's good that's good to know lots of light (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably more therapeutic for a lot of people yeah. who who are looking for that. <laughs> so that I, I love it. It's just such an interesting question to get therapists thinking. And for our listeners, you could probably be thinking right now of which restaurant you would choose, mm-hmm. and then what that says about you and your your target market. Yeah. So the questions all are, you know, trying to get a multi sensory feel for. Um, what it feels like to work with you and, and what you want it to feel like to work with you sure. if you're trying to transition or Absolutely. shift that a little bit. Yeah. Then where do you go next? Um, from there, from there, then we, then we meet uh, over the phone or on Skype and, and really start to dig into those answers. Um, sure. And as somebody outside of you, when I have all of these, all of this information, I can synthesize um, and sort of pull out a few threads that, to me, stand out 
um, in ways that, um, that kind of like would hit me in, in the heart or the gut as a, sure. um, as a consumer of your services. Um, so yeah, so then we're, we're, we talk, I spend some time reflecting, um, and then we meet again for me to reflect back to you some of these things that, um, that I think weave together all these seemingly mm. disparate parts of yourself um, under an umbrella that that makes sense. So it's a really collaborative process, which I, sure. I love, um, yeah. because so much of being in private practice sometimes is about being kind of alone, <laughs> doing stuff mm-hmm. on your own, just seeing clients day in and day out, not having coworkers if you're a solo practitioner. But I love this because collaboration is at the heart of it. What are some questions, um, kind of like the restaurant question that, that you feel like some therapists could, who are listening, could be asking themselves now to really evaluate, um, their, their brand and their vision? Yeah. I think one of the, some of the ones that, um, are the, they, they yield the most, uh, fruitful answers are, uh, what do you want to be known for? Okay. Um, what, uh, and, and these are like also the most difficult questions. Yes. To answer. <laughs> what do we want to be known for? Um, I really like, uh, what people put, uh, for the question, what do your clients thank you for? Uh-huh. Wow. That's awesome. Um, and then, what else? Well, along the restaurant one. So those are the, those are like the two like deep. This takes a, this is like kind sure. of hard to answer. Sure. No, this um, is this is great. Uh, and then there's like there's the restaurant one, and then um, if you uh, if your if your practice had a soundtrack, what would be on the soundtrack? Nice. That's awesome. Um, uh, I also ask a question about. Actually, this one doesn't yield so much like interesting results. Well, I know it does a little bit. Uh-huh. Like, what what do you feel uh, most comfortable wearing uh-huh. in your practice? Like, what do you show up to work yeah, wearing? That's great. Um, and uh, and then there was a, a new one that I wrote about on my blog, but didn't actually make it to my questionnaire yet. Which is like, what what are some celebrities or um, like personalities out there in the world that sort of have a similar feeling to, to what it, it's like to work with you. Mm-hmm. So like, are you like an Oprah kind of therapist <laughs> or are you like, I don't know who's, I don't know, like an the Arnold Schwarzenegger of kind of a therapist. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I love it. Th- these really get us thinking outside of the box and thinking because mm-hmm. uh, branding is, is abstract and it's a creative process. And so um, a lot of this stuff we kind of know the answer to and we do it just intuitively by being ourselves. Exactly. But we need someone to draw it out from us. So I love that you, you do this process with therapists and then how do you can, how do you um, translate this stuff into a visual brand? Or again, if you're working mm-hmm. with me and my Dave and Buster's, um, image. <laughs> yeah. How would you start to communicate that into a visual brand? Yeah. So then uh, I'd actually probably go to the Dave and Buster site and be like, what are they, <laughs> what are they selling over here? How are they selling? Just, just go to Dave and Buster's, <laughs> which 
makes even more sense. Um, oh, yeah. Well, we, I would, we except the closest Dave and Buster's is in Milpitas, which is super far away. I, I like it. Oh, no. Did, is there but, one in San Francisco? But you knew that right away. Why did, I, yeah, you know I knew. <laughs> because there's something I you're not probably telling me. checked it out at one time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I just so happen funny. to know where the closest one is to Charlotte, as well as San Francisco, <laughs> uh, just in case, not that I, just in case, just in case I, like a friend is asking. Oh my gosh, that's so, you totally called me out on that, <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Milpitas is really, it's really specific and not, uh-huh. not very close to where you live, but no, um, that's, fine. It up. that's fine, that's <laughs> fine. Um, so you would um, you would start to translate that into to a visual brand by just diving deeper into the answers to these questions. Yeah, right. and then pulling out, and then using that like that creative muscle and that metaphorical muscle. That's like, okay, what would commu- What texture communicates fun? Sure. What colors? Sure. What fonts? Um, and sometimes. Um, Sometimes we might go into symbolism or um, mythology or um, something like that, um, if that's important to the therapist. So, um, so for for example, like for one of my logos, uh, we used a hummingbird because joy is really important uh, to uh, to that therapist's work, and a hummingbird symbolizes joy. Um, yeah. Awesome. There's so many layers to this, um, which I'm just going to kind of imagine and, and, and assume that a lot of this stuff communicates to uh, a consumer on an unconscious level, like the associ- mm-hmm. like say the associations they have with either particular colors or particular symbols like a hummingbird. And you're, you're kind of using some of that to, to start to create uh, an experience, which we know yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, making having this first impression through an amazing website and a really clear brand is a has a lot to do with whether number one, your clients convert and actually call and and come work with you, and number two, whether um, well, whether they're a good fit and whether they um, they get better. Actually, and there's a, there's a good bit of research on this in terms oh. of client expectancy and how that affects outcome. That clients mm-hmm. get better uh, at at higher rates and they get better faster when their expectations are higher. So, you know, by communicating all this before the client has even called you, their expectations are already rising, which is positive mm-hmm. um, for the for therapeutic outcome. Um, wow. So, I didn't realize they were doing research, that there was research around that. That's really cool. Yeah. It's a, there's an f- area called common factors research that I uh-huh. can talk about for hours, but um, it's really neat because it, it also conveys hope, right? That there's this person who gets me, there's a place for me to go as a client, mm-hmm. or if, I, if that hummingbird kind of visual really, you know, speaks to me and it feels like, you know, when you arrive, when a client or a potential client arrives at your website, you want it to be this uh, affirming experience, right? That I'm in the right. right place, whether you're the Dave and Buster's client or the Hummingbird client, that mm-hmm. you're in the right place. Um, and this brand kind of speaks to me. Um, and, and, and so you read on or you make that call or whatever. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that the, the pool of things that could speak to potential clients is pretty wide. Yeah. I think there's, you could express yourself in a bunch of different ways. Sure. Um, there is a very specific, this will turn people off pool mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. for your clients. For sure. And I, and I work is, our work is like avoiding that mm-hmm. and then finding 
the the parts of that bigger pool that you resonate with and you're excited about um, so that you're excited to promote your your yeah. business too. Awesome. You, you've given us a ton of um, just amazing value today and really diving deep into thinking about your your brand, your personal brand, your brand for your practice. Um, you've given us a lot of amazing questions that uh, I think our listeners could spend hours with just sitting and answering these questions and journaling about them. <laughs> yeah. And then um, and then probably getting some help, I think, um, translating that into a visual brand. This is where I think, uh, and I wrote an article about this recently, where um, I'm, I just, I always recommend getting help with this stuff, especially the visual part. Um, mm-hmm. I had a consulting client recently who was even a graphic designer, and I encouraged her, do not design your own logo, right? It's just because you, you can't get that same um, vision of yourself that someone else yeah. can help you get and really draw out. And so even if you're a graphic designer, I still recommend working with someone else, working with someone like you, Nikki, who can really draw it out and, and communicate a message that that you just you need help communicating and then mm-hmm. once it's out there it's just going to pay off dividends if you put in the investment both time and money to do this this branding work you can really yeah. tell when you go to a therapist website and they have done work like this or they've worked with a professional versus someone who just did it themselves and is just they're just kind of forgettable right mm. um, so i just so recommend mm. doing this work mm-hmm. yeah well, and I really resonate with what you told your um, your graphic designer client because I I have to hire people for myself too. Yeah, because there I'm you so go. Close to it, I'm like, what am I saying? Sure. I don't sure. know. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's the equivalent of you know in the band that I used to play in, we have like three sound engineers on the in the band, which on one hand uh-huh. can seem great, but on the other hand, it's like kind of not great because yeah. <laughs> we can't see ourselves the same way that other people are going yeah, to see us. So that's true. Makes Gotta have somebody, <laughs> one person master it, one yes. person mix it. Yes. <laughs> Outside of the band. Yeah, ideally. <laughs> well, besides these questions, which are so fantastic, is there anything else you would offer that therapists can do to um, start really envisioning and, and refining their brand? Yeah. Um, well, so we talked already about um, about balancing what you want to be known for and what you are already known for and what like how your work is speaking for you already. Um, so I just want to talk um, a little, uh, offer a few specific questions around that, um, sure. like the the external part. So listening to other people. So if you have, if you have Yelp reviews, look at those Yelp reviews and see what, like, what are people exactly saying about why, um, why they love your practice? Uh, what if clients send you thank you cards when they close with you, what do those thank you cards say? Um, in session, like over a series of sessions, maybe clients aren't directly saying, thank you for X, Y, Z, um, or being X, Y, Z, but maybe notice like what are clients indirectly saying that they find most valuable about your sessions? Like sure. what are they, what are you noticing that they hold on? They like, yeah, they hold on to uh, when they go home and what helps them shift. Um, Excellent. Yeah. And then 
what are new clients calling you about? So what's already coming in? Uh, and what it, what do your colleagues say about you when they refer you to other people? I think I mentioned that before. Um, and so some of this is a mix of uh, listening and some of it is like going out and like actually asking your colleagues, like, how do you, how do you talk about me sure. to other people? What do you say? Yes. <laughs> um, and then gathering all of that information um, and, and just, yeah, and sitting with it and seeing what picture comes up about this person that is you. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Nikki, this has been so informative, so helpful. I know our listeners are going to get a ton out of this. What's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? And what um, what kind of stuff do you have going on um, uh, in your, your business right now? Uh, the best way to get in touch with me is through my website. So that's NikkiBonsall.com. And I guess we'll put the links in the show notes. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and you can get there like three different ways. Yeah. Tell us the three <laughs> ways. Cause I think it's fun. Uh, <laughs> which is how I'm currently <laughs> Nicole because that is also my name. And then I used to be known just as right brave. Um, and that was before that's when I was only doing copy before I did, uh, the visual stuff as well. Awesome. And, yeah. and what do you have um, going on in your business right now that people should know about? Uh, well, so I work one-on-one -on -one with folks and um, I also have, uh, I'm developing a new branding course for therapists actually. Awesome. Um, and that should, I'll, I'll be testing it with people in August and that should get rolling in September or October for enrollment. So um, for, for podcast listeners, I'd love to offer them a, a discount. So I'll put that informa information in your show notes too. Excellent. That's awesome. Um, great. Nikki, thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast talking to you. I got a ton out of it and I know everyone else will, uh, as well. So, um, thanks again for being here and, uh, folks check out the work that Nikki is doing, NikkiBonsall.com or one of the other options <laughs> and, um, and, and get in touch with her. And, um, I, I know it's going to pay off for you. So again, Nikki, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, John. Nikki offered us so many amazing questions to think about when defining our brand. I loved this question about uh, the restaurant where you'd meet your clients. You know, I think defining your brand is a really ongoing process, so there's no need to feel the pressure to have this stuff all figured out at once. It can really evolve over time, just like you evolve as a person. So uh, if you haven't done so already, head over to privatepracticeworkshop.com. And right now I'm offering the Business Basics Workshop absolutely free. This workshop is an online course where you can learn everything you need to know to run a really tight ship in your business. That way you can focus on the big picture stuff like getting more clients and providing amazing uh, clinical services to your clients. So that's it for this week. If you haven't already, I'd love it if you'd subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and do me a huge favor and leave a review so that more counselors can find uh, this information that we're, we're offering here. All right, we'll see you next time.